Thank you, Kyle. Thank our choir. Thank our praise team. Thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 25. We want to look at verses 14 through 30. Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 30. I want to share a sermon that I've entitled, Being Found Faithful. Being Found Faithful. It's Matthew 25, 14 through 30. If you would, just remain seated while I share and read. You can follow along either in your Bible or from the screen. And I'm going to read Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And this is going to be our text, parable of Jesus. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. And then he who had received five talents went out and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And so he who had received five talents came and he brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents, look. I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And he also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered. And I was afraid, and I went, and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown. You gathered and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have done, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he who have abundance. But from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away. And cast this unprofitable servant into the outer darkness there will be gnashing or weeping and gnashing of teeth. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and help us to understand this parable as we look at it together this morning. Allow your Holy Spirit to be our teacher, our guide, and help us to take what we hear and apply it to our lives. Not just be hearers, but doers of your word. For we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 25 speaks of tales of two texts. 
two talents, or two parables, I'm sorry. Jesus tells two parables. Now, a parable, someone has defined a parable as, a, as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, and that's a pretty good definition. Now, in verses 1 through 13, the parable is about ten virgins. And the lesson in that parable is we need to be at a, in a state of expectancy uh, in regards to the Lord's return. And then the parable 14 through 30 that we just read, Jesus tells a parable about the talents. And this parable implies until the Lord returns, first of all, in the first parable, we need to be expecting him to return. I'm expecting him to return any day. But this second parable, not only do we expect him to return, but we're also to be in a state of work, a state of service for the Lord. Now, all, all through this parable, you'll notice there, there are three servants mentioned. One, there were five talents given. Uh, one, there were two talents given. And one, there was one talent given. Now, there are two types of servants. You have the faithful servant. The faithful servant is the one who put to use what the Lord had given him. And then you have the unfaithful servant. The unfaithful servant is the one who refuses to put to use what the Lord has given him. And so this morning, as we've gathered together, we have to be willing just to make a distinction in who we are. If you're a believer here this morning, you have to make that distinction. Are you a faithful believer, or would you be classified as an unfaithful believer? Are you a faithful servant, or are you an unfaithful servant? Now, I'm going to share about three points, four points real quick. So jot these down. First of all, you have the departure of the king. This is found in verse 14, the departure of the king. Look at uh, chapter 25, verse 14. Verse 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And so you have the departure of the king. Now, Likewise, Jesus is about to withdraw his earthly presence from the earth, and he's fixing to ascend into heaven. And like the parable, he's kind of like a king going into a far country, going on a journey. And so he was, he was going to be, his king was going to be gone for a while, and Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to be gone for a while. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1-8, you have where Jesus ascended there in in front of his uh, disciples. And so let me share with you what Acts 1-8 says. You won't have that on the screen, but listen to this. But Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And after he gave these instructions, he ascended out of their sight. And so Jesus has been gone for a while. He's been gone over 2,000 years. But remember this, he's coming back. Never forget that, he's coming back. He's gone away for a while, 2,000 years, but he's coming back. He hasn't forgotten us. He's not deserted us. He's not, uh, he's not uh, 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 left us all by our, ourselves. He's given us the Holy Spirit, but he's coming back. He's gone away for a while, and he's going to prepare a place for us, as the Scripture says. He's going to prepare a place for us, 
And as he went away, he's coming back. He's going to receive us unto himself. And where there, where he is, there we're going to be also with him forever and forever. So remember, the departed king left for a while. But keep in mind, he's coming back. Secondly, notice what the parable teaches. Not only is the departure of the king, but number two, there's the distribution of these talents. This is found in verse 15. Notice when the king left, he distributed talents. Now, this, the word talents here refers to money, to money. A shekel. A shekel is uh, a base unit. It's kind of like a penny for us. A shekel is the very base unit. So one talent, he distributed talents. One talent is about 3,000 shekels. And if you remember, he gave one five shekels. That's 15,000 shekels. To another, he gave two shekels. That's 6,000 shekels, $6,000 in shekels. And then to one, he gave, he gave one talent. Talent's worth about 3,000 shekels. And so he distributed his wealth. He distributed his money. But notice, he gave every man according to his ability. He didn't give them all the same. He gave each one different. But he gave it according to their, their ability. So the point is, when Jesus went to heaven, he distributed, he, he distributed to us gifts, spiritual gifts. Not money, but gifts, spiritual gifts. You'll find Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Look at that just for a moment. When he ascended... Ephesians 4, 8. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. He gave spiritual gifts. So as a believer today, you and I have a spiritual gift. We have at least one, but we may have more than one. So the meaning is when Jesus ascended, he furnished his church with all things necessary to, ca to carry out his redemptive purpose, and that was to reach a lost world to himself. So, as a believer today, you have at least one gift. Perhaps you have many more spiritual gifts. But you have at least one. And he gave, verse 15 says, he gave every man, every person. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 17 says this. Listen, jot that verse down. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? If the whole were a hearing, where would the, be the smelling? God has given he compared the, the church as a, to a human body, and it has many members, and we're all members, but we have different responsibilities. Every one of us is not the eye, not all of us is the ear. Some are the arm, some's the eye, some's the ear. We have different parts. We are fit into the body of Christ. We have different gifts. And the reason we have those gifts is where the body can function and it can be edified. So you're important in the body of Christ. So use your spiritual gifts. No Christian can say they've been neglected in the distribution of gifts. All of us have at least one spiritual gift. He gave some five, he gave some two, but he gave everyone at least one. So the point is you have and I have at least one spiritual gift. So you have the departure of the king, you have the distribution of the gifts, and then you have this digging and bearing going on. And so the first guy takes his five, his five talents and he goes and he multiplies them. He has ten talents. The next guy takes his two, he goes and multiplies it. He has, he has four, but the guy that had one, what did he do? He went, he dug a hole, and he buried it. Now two servants were faithful. They multiplied what the, 
They used what the master had given them and they multiplied what they'd been given. But they went and they traded. They were, they were willing, point being, willing to use what God had given them. They were willing to put their talent to use. However, you had this one servant who received one talent. He went and bared his talent. Now, there's a temptation to go and bear your talent. And you say, well, one talent's really not much. I've heard people say, well, Brother Samuel, what, I really, what do I have to offer the church? Well, you have one talent, at least one talent. You may not have five. Somebody else you know may have five, may have more than five. They, they have spiritual gifts, not money, but spiritual gifts. Some may have several gifts. Some may have less than several. But everyone has at least one spiritual gift to use to serve the Lord, to edify, to build up the body of Christ. All of us have at least one talent. So it's tempting to neglect that small gift. I'm just not worth much down there at that church. You're worth a lot. If you have one gift, you're worth a whole lot. But I'm afraid some people today, some people uh, are, are bearing their gift. They're bearing their gift. And so the point is, when you bear your gift, although you have just one gift, when you bury that gift, you're no earthly good to the church, no earthly good to the community, no earthly good to the Savior. You're not doing anything for the community, for the Savior, for the church. You've buried your gift. And the church struggles while your gifts remain hidden and buried in the ground, so to speak. Your neighbor's dying, perhaps, needing ministering to, and you have your gift buried. Maybe your neighbor's dying and going to hell, but you have your gift buried. Your Savior suffered and blessed you with spiritual gifts, but you have your gift buried. And so the whole point is, have you dug a hole and buried your gift? Are you serving the Lord with what you've been given? Many gifts, just a few gifts, but that one gift in particular. Are you serving the Lord with what you've been given? So you have the departure of the king. You have the distribution of the talents. You have the digging and the bearing of the gifts, the talents. And then fourth, I'm going to close with this. You have the denouncement in verse 19. Look at, uh, look at verse 19 in Matthew chapter 25. Verse 19. Verse 19 says, And after a long time the Lord, those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now guess what? He's coming back, remember? He's coming back. The king came back. Christ is coming back. So what's he going to do when he comes back? He's going to settle accounts. He's going to see how you used your spiritual gifts that you're blessed with. Verse 20, So he who received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look what I've... I've gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And he also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more besides them. And the Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then who, who, he who received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you was a hard man. And where you've not sown and gathered, where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent, in verse 25, in the ground. And look, there you have what's yours. 
But the Lord said to him, the Lord was answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I've not sown and gathered where I've not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own interest. So take the talent from him and give it to those who had ten talents. Or him who had ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he who has abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. So the Lord's coming back, and he's coming back to reckon the account. And the point is, one day you and I are going to stand before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and give an account in how we've used our spiritual gifts. We need to understand that and get that in our mind. Verse 24 and 25, they begin to make excuses. Do you see that? And I hear all kinds of excuses why people aren't serving the church today. Why they're not serving the Lord today. Sometimes it's because of their spouse. Sometimes it's because of their job. Sometimes it's because of their children. Sometimes it's because of their time. It's yada, 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 yada. I just don't have time to serve the Lord. Really? As a believer who's been gifted a spiritual gift, at least one, and you don't have time to serve the one who saved you, forgave you of your sins, has you a place prepared in heaven, and you make all kinds of excuses why you can't serve him. One day we're going to face him. Now, I've been told a lot by people, well, one day you won't be telling me. You'll be telling him. Simply put, if you're gifted, you're without excuse in serving the Lord. Notice the master, he took that talent, verse 28 and 29, and he gave it to another. And then he says, verse 30, Verse 30 is an interesting verse. He says, And he cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. He cast him into, he cast the unprofitable service, a servant, excuse me, into the outer darkness. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is one of the most difficult statements in the Bible to explain. I searched and searched and searched. Got all different kinds of opinions and ideals. Things that I found that it didn't mean weeping gnashing of teeth. Some say, well, it doesn't mean that the servant wasn't saved. It doesn't mean that. It, it doesn't mean that uh, maybe he was saved and then he lost his salvation. Because the rest of the parable lets it be known that this person and these servants were saved. It doesn't mean that he was once saved and lost his salvation because that contradiction, New Testament, in regards to salvation by faith through, by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. Because we know it's not salvation by works, it's salvation by grace through faith. But I found out uh, some interesting comments that I'm somewhat along this line compared to what I found on the others. And this came from John Phillips, one of my favorite theologians. And this is what he said. He said, but this could be, as some theologians have suggested, that such faithless servants as he be taken to the place of outer darkness. Not to suffer, but to see. 
not to be punished, but to see souls that they might have reached. To see the result of their sinful failure and their neglect. And then he says, I'm persuaded this faithless servant will enter the kingdom yet so as by fire, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 12, verse 15. So we just leave that with the Lord primarily. And so you have the departure of the king, the distribution of talents, the, the digging and the bearing of gifts, the disannouncement, and then you have one other thing. Let me mention this real quick. One other thing. You have that disannouncement, but you have the declaration of the faithful. Look at this real quick. Verses 20 and 23. Those other two servants. Notice what he said. He didn't say, he, he didn't say, well done, thy brilliant servant. He didn't say, well done, thy knowledgeable servant. He didn't say, well done, thy distinguished servant. But he said, well done, what? What? Faithful servant. Now remember this. You'll never hear well done unless you've been faithful. It's all about being faithful. Therefore, this morning, ask yourself the question, am I a faithful servant? Or am I an unfaithful servant? Now remember, the church functions through the spiritual gifts and the natural abilities of its members. Years ago, I heard an illustration that proves it so true. And the title of this little illustration was, Who Flew the Kite? Who flew the kite? The little boy said, I flew the kite. The string said, I flew the kite. The paper said, I flew the kite. The wind said, I flew the kite. Well, who flew the kite? They all flew the kite. And so the purpose of that is if Mountain View Baptist Church flies, if it soars, or if it closes its doors, it's going to be because the members of the body of Christ here in this congregation are willing to use their spiritual gifts and be faithful. Let me encourage you to be involved in ministry. You did so well with Operation Christmas Child. There's so much more coming on before the end of the year. Operation Christmas Child, I mean, you really were involved. Thank you so much. And, and everyone who gets these shoeboxes will thank you too. But also, don't forget, we have our benevolent meal coming up, and hopefully we'll be serving over 500 meals, free meals, turkey and dressing and mashed potatoes and green beans and a, and a roll from Texas Roadhouse and a slice of pound cake. It's pretty good. Hopefully we'll serve over 500 meals. If God's people will be faithful and use their spiritual gifts, out there on that counter, you're going to see sign-up sheets. You're going to sell a sign-up sheet to, to help deliver meals, a sign-up sheet to help cook, or a sign-up sheet to help deliver meals. There's a place for everybody. You say, well, I only have one gift. Maybe it's delivering a meal. I just have one, uh, one gift. Well, maybe it's help to sweep up after everybody leaves and mop. That might be your gift. And not only that, not only that benevolent meal, but we've got a, a Christmas Nativity drive-thru, not in Bethlehem, where we have uh, hundreds of people to come through and drive through, and we need characters to play the place at those displays. You say, well, I just have one gift. Well, maybe you're supposed to be Joseph that night or Mary that night. Maybe you're supposed to be a wise man that night. Give your time, about an hour, two hours, 
Sunday night through Tuesday night and be a part of that drive-through. God's wanting us to use our gifts that he's blessed us with. Maybe the gift of ministry, the gift of service. Maybe a gift to carry a, 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 plate, a plate of food to, a, to your next-door neighbor who's sick or to a new neighbor who's just moved in. I don't know. But we're co-labors with God and with each other to win a lost world to himself. You're a part of the body of Christ. You're a member in particular. You've been given at least one spiritual gift. So today, commit that to the Lord and serve him. And in doing so, you'll be serving other people. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come together this morning to witness the baptism of Jacob. And Lord, to, to enjoy our time in worship and then to hear your word. And I pray, Lord, you've spoken to each one of our hearts this morning, from chair to chair, from person to person. And Father, I pray this morning that we have already, while sitting here, listening, have said, Lord, I commit what you've blessed me with, that spiritual gift or those gifts to your service. Lord, one day I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Man, that would be great to just have that as an epitaph on our tombstone. Faithful, faithful. Father, I pray we'd desire that in our own hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Through death or through the rapture. One day he's coming back, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Are you ready for that trip? You don't want to be left behind. You don't want to miss that trip. I mean, you don't want to miss that trip. And so let me encourage you, if you've never trusted Christ, put your faith and trust in him. Jesus.